Coming to you live from the second bedroom of Shane's apartment. This is the Shane and Scuba Steve podcast. Welcome back to the Shane and Scuba Steve show. You have Shane and Scuba on as always. Um, always. I mean, I don't think we've ever done one alone. No, and we had to change the title. Briefly, yes. No. It's been a fun-filled week so far. It is Tuesday, my dudes. Yeah, yeah. It's been a. It's where. Why you say it's been a fun-filled week? You been up to any shenanigans? No, I've actually been up to like negative shenanigans. Negative shenanigans. I think those are just called problems. Oh no, I, there's no problems. Just uh, no. There's not much to do right now. We're like heading into that like part of of the year mm-hmm. where we're coming up on like one year of the pandemic. Yeah, and uh, like people like are reaching out and like saying like, hey, you know, it's been like. It's like crazy. It's been a year, and it's like it still feels like April twenty twenty to me. Some days, oh for sure. It's but I, I'm still at the point within the year where I'm not recognizing that the year is twenty twenty one. And like last night, I was just scrolling through YouTube, and I was watching this video. I'm like, it says February twenty seventh. Like, why don't I remember watching this yesterday? It was from the year before, and I was like, oh yeah, because it's, it's not twenty twenty anymore. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it have It's just it's baffling to me, and it's like I don't. I thought we'd be. I think everyone did. I'm not going to speak for myself compared to what everyone thought, but I think everyone was like, "All right, like by next March, we should be okay." And I, yes, it's hard. And, and I'm not saying we're not okay. I think it's and that's me hedging because like there, there's, it's still the the virus is still here. Everything's still here. Like nothing's yeah. not. We just have a vaccine now. And we have like a, a tangible end we can look at and go. All right, we we know what the end of the road looks like. Yep. But yeah, I was talking to someone, they were like, yeah, you know, baseball is coming back, like all these things. And I was like, it's crazy to me that Fedway is like 12% of the fans can come back per game. And it's like, how do you get to 12% is like an honest question I have of like, who, I, I know someone did the math and everything. They're like, all right, mm-hmm. we can do like packs of two seats, packs of four seats and uh, 12%. I think it probably also is a logistics determined by the size of the stadium. Because you got to think Fenway is. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, Fenway is Fenway the oldest, or is it Cubs uh, Wrigley that's older? But either way, very old stadium that hasn't been expanded. So they're probably just like, you got to just think of like when people are moving around the stadium, how big is it? While yep. like sh- the new Yankee Stadium, they're probably like, we can go to 25% because it's wide enough. It's just enough gaps. Yeah. I, Fenway is the oldest park. I did Thank just you. check that out for us, but it's crazy to me. I think it's so interesting. We, I was walking around the Fenway Sunday, just like check. Like I haven't been in that neighborhood in so long. Cause yeah, no reason to see anyone or go to any games. And I like walk, we were walking by like the, uh, the vaccine, like check-in. And I wanted to be like, do you have any spares? Spare, <laughs> yeah. spare a jab, please. Yeah. You, you, I'll use the same needle. It's okay. No, we're not doing that. Uh, oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just get like the last nine people's bottles and then just do the one drop in each one for me. It'll be fine. <laughs> But I think there's a there's a positive outcome, not outcome, but and like we're looking towards an end goal of all this. Yeah. But I digress. We have a drink of the week this week. We do. We have this week. We're doing margaritas. Uh, do you want to say what's in your margarita first, or you'd like me to go first? I've got a bone standard margarita. I'm doing. Ooh, what um, is? I don't know what that is. Oh, I'm just doing. Like, it's like a standard margarita. So I've got. Oh. Um, oh, bone standard. Yeah. I thought you said first. I thought you said bone sander. <laughs> And yeah. then I was like, that's not Ooh. terrifying. 
It's sad, but that's what got me interested in the margarita. I was like, a bone sander. Ooh, is that? But then it could have been something like, it's lime juice and tequila. It's like, that's just a margarita. That's not. But continue. Sorry. I have uh, Espolone, Añejo tequila. Ooh. Lime juice. Ooh. And triple sec and ice. Ooh. Ooh. That's Wonderful. it. No salt. I didn't do salt only because I feel like if you do koshers, like, I don't, I know, like, and you're a bartender, you might know this, like, I don't think bars get better salt than I do. Like, maybe they get proper rock salt, but I don't have, like, the margarita salt here. Maybe, we, we've been using a flake salt at my place really? right now. Yeah, which, when I first saw it, I was like, eh, but when you put it on the, the rim, it looks perfect. I have flake salt here, I should have done that. Yeah, um, but your margarita sounds nice, though, here's the thing, I like to know people use salt, I don't use salt. I don't want that in my drink. So you just use it because you don't want it there? Or is there like a, a taste or palate preference that stops you from doing the salt? It's more the, the taste because also more it's like then you start drinking the margarita. He's like, oh, this is salty. I need to I need to drink something to work through the salt. And then you just go through a lot more margarita. So I try to avoid the salt. I'll do sugar, though, sometimes if I'm feeling crazy, maybe after a 5K. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this evening, uh, for my margarita, it's a pretty a bone standard as well, or bone sander. Maybe that will be uh, my <laughs> pub's name for our margaritas to confuse customers. The bone sander margarita. Oh, what's a bone? It's just a regular margarita. Oh, okay. Uh, but for me this evening, I've got a on rocks. I got some lime juice, a little splash of OJ. Ooh. I got some Patron uh, Silver and some Triple Sec and then a floater of Grand Marnier. Wow. Fancy. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't help myself. I don't expect you to do that. It's a Tuesday. You should you should go all out. No. Hey, last week was Margarita uh, Day, and we missed it, so we thought we'd do it. Why don't we do it a week later? Margaritas are good anytime, mm-hmm. and it's Tequila Tuesday. It all adds up at the end. Yeah, it exactly. It all comes There's... out in the wash, and it all adds up in the end. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's someone doing their uh, final thesis at MIT all about this. And they're circling things on a chalkboard, being like, see, and it connects back to margaritas. Make me a doctor. So this isn't on our rundown, but I figured I'd mention it because it's been popular lately. Um, Celebrity tequila brands have become more prevalent than ever before. Mm -hmm. Do you have feelings about them? I mean, and I was going to say, just celebrities being a part of alcohol has definitely become far more prevalent as well. I don't really have a problem with it, especially because it's like, you know, once you at a certain point, I can understand, like, I got money. I like yep. tequila. I like gin. I like beer and wine. Like, why not invest in the thing that I like? I think it just kind of comes down to how they market it. I'll always say Ryan Reynolds, I think, has his marketing for aviation gin. It, it, he just sells himself, but that immediately makes you go like, yeah, I got to try this. Like, hey, if Ryan Reynolds is doing this, this is great. It's good enough for Ryan. It's good enough for me. I think it just all comes, like, I mean, Dan Aykroyd. uh, No, that's vodka. The Skull Vodka that he does. Crystal Skull Vodka. Thank you. Um, But still, yeah, he's been doing this for years. Though sometimes I'm a little put off by how, like, he knows so much about it that I'm like, "Uh, okay, okay. Like, he's, like, grabbing your arm. Like, we just steal it three times. It's the smoothie. You can't tell. It's like, okay, okay, Dan. Yeah, I'll take a sip. I'll take a sip. Okay, Dan. I'll try it. Love you, Gail. Please, free my family. Uh, But what, uh, to... Celebrity tequila brands, like, do you know off the top of your head? So uh, the reason I bring this up is Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner is launching a tequila company, uh, um, which I felt was like the valid reason to bring this up. But off the top of my head, like you have 
you said aviation gin and mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd's, but you also have like The Rock has a tequila, which is Terramana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, George Clooney had Casamigos, which I think they sold out of to Diago. Yep. Um, there's Jay Z is Ace of Spades Champagne, but he recently sold out as well. There are more. Post Malone has a rose that I've heard is pretty good. <laughs> that, that just sounds weird. Um, Stephen Amell uh, from Arrow, he has uh, his his vineyard uh, knocking point. I don't like. I think I would enjoy a vineyard. I could be a vinter. I was gonna say investing in wine to me sounds like a far more stable and lucrative than an a liquor itself. Simply because it's like that's real estate. Um, people love going on wine tours, so you can just have that on the the back end, no matter what. Exactly. But to uh, investing in it, and also I don't. Uh, you said it was Kendall or Kylie Jenner. Kendall. I think founding a a distillery or a brewery sounds. I would rather just invest. Like, yes, that's me. Kind of like taking up a hurdle and like oh let's move past this but the like i don't put my name like this is the tequila i just made and then everybody like yeah you just made it Mm -hmm. yeah it's that's fresh well i think i think what she's doing is like she like found a like a distillery a tequila distillery in mexico and like Mm -hmm. basically is like white labeling their product oh she's not making it in america i'm not drinking it i only drink my fine american tequilas yeah your jose cuervos made with Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yum, especially if it's gold. Give me that gold tequila. I don't want to throw up my mouth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's I, like Virgin Drake has, I think, Virginia Black, which is a whiskey. Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. has Long Branch. I pulled up a list, but yep, I'm off the top of my head now too. Mila Kunis is the voice of Jim Beam. Yep, I, yep. The the Devil and Angels cut ads we all know and love so yeah. dearly. How ridiculous they are. What did P Diddy? Was it Ciroc? Yeah, P Diddy for P Diddy yeah. was Ciroc. And, There's uh, a lot. I think Justin Timberlake has like Hornitas or a different one that's very close to it. Like Suaza? That's what it is. And the only reason I remember is because he did some commercial where like he made his head a lime and it was like, wasn't CGI, it was like a prosthetic. And it was like, all right, like, hey, yeah, okay. Practical effects are important now. Yeah, exactly. They are, ugh, they are forgotten. So if you could open, like, if you could, if you could have like Shane's X, yeah. what would the alcohol be? Oh, it'd definitely be a vineyard. Because you can do, so, I feel I could do so much more. Also, just think of it: Drew Bledsoe has a uh, flying bee. That's his uh, wine yeah. vineyard. Yeah, um, but yeah, totally a vineyard. That just because also then it's like, hmm, where do I want to have it? Uh, do I want to have it in California or Seattle or be crazy? And be like, I'm going to France, Argentina, Argentina. South Africa, mm-hmm. um, Italy, France, Spain. Mm-hmm. So many wine options, dude. Yep, you, limitless. Toronto, I bet they don't have a wine area, but maybe I could break into it. I've been getting so many Toronto, like Toronto man's TikToks lately. It's uh, it's like becoming a problem when I go on just to like listen to that and like London Road men people. I don't know what I'm doing because I don't understand them. I just keep swiping. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, your algorithm is all messed up. Oh, trust me. And the scary thing is like when. When Eric is here and we're like we're both scrolling, at some point they do sync up within like ten videos of each other. It's like, oh, I just saw that like five minutes ago. Yep. But I digress. We have two trailers of the week this week. Dose. One is we'll start with the easy one. We'll start with Luca, mm-hmm. the upcoming uh, Disney Pixar movie star, like not starring, but yep. focused on it's set in the, the Italian Riviera. It looks like 
Mm-hmm. So beautiful. They yep. actually, in the, like the first 10 seconds, the elderly gentlemen are playing like uh, a card game in the town square. The card yep. game is called Scopa. And I've been playing that game since I was like five. So, Can you briefly describe Scopa to me, even though it has nothing to do with the movie a whole? We don't know, though. Oh, boy. Um, basically, you... you're just trying to add. So you have okay. you, you get a hand of three cards. Everyone else has a hand of three cards. You have six cards on the table. And then, like, let's say you have a, a six. You can do, like, a two and a four, and boom. Mm-hmm. And it's scored differently. So it's scored based on, like, a couple. There's, like, seven points you can get per round. Whew. But you divide them up by person. So it's, like, the number of cards, the number of uh, star cards you get, which is, like, one of the um, suits. The number of uh, seven cards. The seven mm-hmm. is the most important. If you get the gold seven, that's another point. Go- wait, well, oh, okay, so you can't use a normal deck, then. No, 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 you have to have, like, Scopa cards. Okay. Or, like, Ita- I think they're Italian cards or Scopa cards. You have to have those. Because it, it okay. doesn't... You could... I guess you could really try to do with American cards, but there's less cards in the deck, too, because there's only three... No, there's four suits. Yes. There's four. Yeah. Well, okay. Scopa, the backbone of the movie Luca from Pixar. Um, I, I really enjoyed this trailer. Uh, the animation style looks different than what we've seen from Pixar in the past. It almost looked kind of like... I would say like plasticky, but like not in a bad way. Um, looks like a fun little movie about boy fish people. Uh, mermen? No, I don't want to call them mermen because they're not like the top half isn't all human. Like it's humanoid, but there's definitely more fish than person. So I don't want to call them a merman. Yeah, you're, you're right. right. It's definitely fish. I don't want to get to the, yeah, they're more fish people, but in a good way. Like they still like, I could talk to them. I wouldn't be like, that's just a fish. That's a fish. Like, bah, bah. Like that, that gasping like face, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, when fish are dying above the water where they can't exist. <sighs> yeah. Um, but in the film, we got a, a Jacob Tremblay, uh, that boy actor from The Room with Brie Larson. And what's that uh, kids movie that's like, that was, I think was made by Seth Rogen, where it's like they're middle school boys, but they're like acting edgy that recently came out. Oh, wasn't it called Boys? Or it mid-90s? No, that was, that was by Jonah Hill. And oh, that okay. was was less that was actually a really good film um i think you're right it was called just boys um there's that uh jack dylan grazer who was in shazam he was uh shazam's buddy and friend he was really good uh jim gaffigan and Maya rudolph are a part of the cast and then some other actors who i believe are italian uh known uh because c- i see a marco brella cielli and i don't sorry yeah okay see that's <laughs> we read different i've only only i've only read it i've never heard it Got it. Uh, okay, yeah. That, that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, this fun, movie looks fun. It looks enjoyable. I'm going to have a great time. I know, like, you're right. The anime style does look a little bit... It does look... It looks more... It look, You're right. Not toy-ish and not cartoonish. Mm-hmm. But the characters' faces kind of look like dolls. Yep. That's how I'm going to put it. And there was a weird moment, though. So, part of the trailer, like, um, the two main characters, like, sitting at a dinner table waiting for someone to finish cooking... Mm-hmm. And that guy turns around. He kind of looks like the dad from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. And I was, like, thrown for a second. Because I was like, that's... Is it? Is that canon now for Pixar? I don't know. It shouldn't be. but No. That's, uh, I believe, DreamWorks. It was DreamWorks or uh, Big Sky did Cloudy with a Chance. That was a great book, too. No one remembers the book. No. I never... I didn't know it was a book until after I saw Cloudy with a Chance. And I was like, oh, this movie's great. And then it was, like, based on the book. And I was like, I, and you just say Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's full and proper title. So, you know what? You're, you're right. I should give it the respect it deserves. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Uh, great film. Bill Hader. Loved him in that. Uh, 
But yeah, Luca looks really good. The director, this is his first time directing a film. I looked up his uh, his his history. He worked on a, a lot of stuff: Ice Age, Robots, uh, Toy Story Four, Incredibles. This will be his first time uh, in the director's chair. So he's got some pedigree. Oh yeah, he he's he's been around. Also, mm-hmm. what do you think? I don't know this on my head. We talked about we talked a lot about movie production last week briefly. Mm-hmm. How like when you're the director of an animated movie? Yep. What do you do? Well, it, I know what like I obviously know what you do, but like there's no like scene. To, I guess you could be there for the voice acting, you could be there for the storyboard, you could be there like in the You're room. there for everything. Yeah, it's I guess. the same as just a director uh, on a real film. It's at the end of the day like it's your decision people might come to you with ideas like oh what if like luca uh, he turns red at one point it's up to the director to be like yeah no we're not doing that and everyone has even if people are like but that's a really good idea it's the same for the animated animation and you would hope i don't think there's i'm trying to think of movies that a director who didn't work in animation went to an animated film to show the difference but most directors of animated pic, uh, pictures they have an anim- animation background so they also can be like Okay, I know like our limitations. I know what I can expect from people. I can actually be involved and help. Yep. So, yeah, it's just like directing any other film, but it in a way it'd probably be far harder simply because it's like we have to make everything from scratch. We can't just go out and buy the set. We have to make the set. And Which so, I guess you have so much more creative control over. Mm-hmm, for sure. And then you get to get to decide like, what if we make it look more like a, everyone's a plastic doll from. Animal Crossing in a way. It's like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We have the abilities. We can make them stronger, better. Yeah. So but this was, oh. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, this was, this looks like a nice, fun Pixar film. I, I think the worst Pixar film that just that always springs to mind is The Good Dinosaur. Like, yeah. This to me, it, yeah. This to me is just like, no, I could. This could be put on. I'd enjoy it, especially once I see Jim Gaffigan's name, and then it's just like, oh, I just want one stupid line from him. That would be great. But uh, I'm just going to give this a, a preemptive uh, four out of six winning of Scopa was the game, correct? Scopa, yes. Scopa. I give this four out of six uh, a winning uh, Scopa with a, a golden seven. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to give it five out of seven. Um mermaid creatures mermen creatures i just i don't know what to call them uh fish people we're going with that Five how about mer- fish people if anything it's mermen but the men are in parentheses what about man mers men mers men i'll take a i'll take men mers five out of seven men mers on luca print it we will see this movie uh in june okay so three and a half months from now amazing june by that point i'll need another vaccine a <laughs> topical i know hit that like button <laughs> so we have a second show of the week this week um yes which is marvel's uh, is it modok or m-o-d-o-k it's it is modok because modok is a, an abbreviation for uh mechanized organism designed only for killing a very uh i don't want i can't even say obscure character within marvel because he's been around forever and he's kind of like a staple that just pops up here and there but yeah marvel's modok which will be a stop-motion uh, adult uh, humor show similar to that of Robot Chicken. I'm pretty sure people in the production side, if not like producing, have worked on both. But it's just going to follow MODOK, voiced by uh, Patton Oswalt, just getting up to weird Marvel stuff. Hijinks. Yeah. Thoughts? Ben Schwartz is also in this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I don't know much about Modoc whatsoever. I like looked him up when when I saw the trailer come out. We were watching it, and I I think it's gonna be good. It's the stop motion looks really great. Yep. Um, it is done in partnership with like Seth Green's production studio. Yep. Um, I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be funny. I don't think it's gonna be the Marvel that people will want after no, Wandavision. Not- but hey. Um, for people that don't know what Modoc is, uh, he is a, a scientist who wanted to be super smart, so he did experiments on his brain, which essentially just made him a giant head with tiny arms and legs who sits in a chair and floats around. That's the only way he can get around. And he's just like a scientist who's always like trying to take over the world. That's 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 really it. There's of course like the gist of it. Of, yeah, that, there's tons of nuance behind it. Oh, the issue where you learn his love that broke his heart but then came uh, anyway but yeah uh i think Patton oswald doing the voice is perfect for the character uh i've read him enough in comics that like he fits and it's like yeah no i can imagine him sounding like that and also i mean you can't beat ratatouille you got to get that guy in everything (laughs) yeah um but this to me it's felt like a nice little show that i'll definitely watch it just because it's uh i think the fact that it's aimed a little bit more towards adults and it's not just kids at least it's like okay this will be fun like we really haven't i would say get have gotten anything edgy in marvel uh they've produced everything's usually been far more kid oriented the movies definitely can touch on darker tones yeah um but this to me at least is like okay like you see in the trailer even like him just blatantly like just like kill someone it's like okay like good they they're not gonna like shy away from things uh this looks like a nice. I'll, it's on Hulu, so I'll definitely can just throw it on and just let it play. Yeah, and it's all dumping. I, I believe it's all dumping on the same day, so May twenty first when it comes out. And like, looking at what ten episodes? Ten episodes. It, yeah, this is bingeable. Yeah, and if the first three suck, you can turn it off. I won't. I'll keep watching. I'll I know. force myself. I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. Don't force me. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Do you want to give it a preemptive score? I'm going to go three out of five, uh, drinking the wrong pot of coffees. I'm going to give it a, your three out of five was really good. So I'll give it six out of 10, uh, uh, size of, uh, I was gonna say relief, but it's not relief. What's the exot exacerbation? That's the word. That's a word. Yeah, six out of ten of those. Okay. Yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting. I uh, yeah. I don't really know much to make of it right now. The tra- the trailer is like more like a teaser than anything else, and yeah, yeah. Okay. Real side thing. This isn't on a rundown, but Reese, there's some show. I know very little about it, but it's another comic book show. But it's based off of uh, a separate property by Mark Miller. It's called Jupiter's Legacy. And it's just, I've never read the comics. I don't know much. But they recently were like, here's a trailer for you. But the trailer was literally just stills from the show and like storyboard art. And it's like, that's not a trailer. Yeah. It's this a, is, oh, this, I don't know what to make of that. Like, what do you do? I, like, Yeah. I just, when I was watching it, I was like, is this supposed to get me hooked? Am I supposed to be like, we got to check this show out. This looks great. I was just like, this is just, this is just images. This is, is this what you showed like the, the company's owner to be like, don't we have, we've been making something. Show me. I want to see pictures. Show me pictures from the, the set and, and the storyboard. Uh, okay. You can keep, you can keep making the picture. Okay. 
that's what they're getting investors and just like here's yep. a picture of what we're thinking about we could do maybe mm, yes i'll give you a million i just have it around but yeah i just remember watching that yesterday and thinking like this isn't a trailer anyway. yeah <laughs> amazing yeah so we have the penultimate episode of one division happened last Epis- week episode eight yes which I believe, I'm not mistaken, it was called previously on WandaVision, which is very fitting considering the episode is pretty much all flashbacks. Yep. Or it is all flashbacks, I've realized, until the mid-credit, uh, spoiler mid-credit, and also spoilers for the entire episode as we go further. Um, I really liked this episode, yet I've seen a lot of reviews where people have been like kind of talking down to it because it's all like flashbacks. Yep. I completely, I just loved it. It fills in more of Wanda's backstory and contextualizes a lot more of it. I thought it was a great episode. You thought it was really good. So I had a, I had my own technical issues watching this. I'm, I Ooh. usually, as I said before, watch WandaVision like right at Friday morning. Like that's my like breakfast as I'm getting ready to start my day. Mm-hmm. And uh, Friday we were, uh, I wasn't at my apartment. So I was like, I'll watch it at lunch. Like that'll be a good like lunch thing. Yep. So I'm waiting for noon. Like I'm gonna like crush it at lunch, eat lunch, watch that, and then someone was like, "No, we're gonna do a 12:30 meeting," and I was like, "Existence is pain at this point." So <laughs> I did the wrong thing and like made a salad, sat down, watched 20 minutes of it, had to pause. Uh, uh, and so normally that'd be fine. I was like, "You know, I'll find 20 minutes during the day." Like, you know, there's always like a little gap of time where I'm like between meetings, and then I can like put it on in the background, just like you know, mm-hmm. prepare myself for a second watch when I can really pay attention. Nope. Did not happen. Uh, we were Friday night. Uh, couldn't watch it. Saturday morning. Couldn't watch it. Sunday. Ugh. Finally, Sunday afternoon when I was back in my apartment, I was able to watch it start to finish again. Yep. Uh, like one would properly do. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I think it's yeah. great. I think it's clearing up a lot of interesting loophole or not loopholes, but like interesting gaps in the story that we knew about. Mm hmm. Uh, the flashbacks did a lot of justice, but I think I think they're 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 self serving for Agatha, and kind of obviously like ripping off really really new scabs in some cases for Wanda. Yep, and it felt very interesting to kind of get that understanding of what happened in the interim between like she gets uh, blipped, and then uh, the Westview hex appears. Yes. Yeah, really great episode. Uh, it opens again to see Ag- uh, Agatha's backstory in Salem, Mass. Uh huh. Uh, yeah, I put my fist up. I was like Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, I didn't realize until like I rewatched it before going into this. They like de-aged Catherine Hahn in the scene, which I didn't realize it the first time watching it. Which I guess that's to show how well it is. Yep. But they made her look younger, like which is just like wow, crazy that they can just like all right, we'll just make her like look like she's in her twenties instead of in her late 30s, early 40s. And it was like, oh, that was so subtle. Didn't even notice. Um, but we get to see her backstory of being taken out by her coven and her mother and her just be like, yeah, nah, uh, nice try. I'm going to now steal your brooch and bring you into the present. Yep. Um, we learn that Agatha might have been the one that's been messing everything up within the show, but she didn't, before we learned the actual truth, she didn't start it. She discovered this and was like, I got to figure out what's going on and then tried to talk to Wanda and we also now essentially throughout this episode, Agatha keeps pushing and we learn by the end that Wanda's a, uh, a witch. She's not just mutated by the uh, Mind Stone and said she's an actual witch with magical abilities. Yeah. She's awesome. 
Yeah. They finally say Scarlet Witch. They finally say it. It's like, yep. a, 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 like you know, remember those movies? You, you like watched all these movies, the MCU movies in the theaters for years. And people would like, for the big ones, they'd clap at certain things, especially like Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like they clapped when Cap could hold Million uh, and everything. And you're just like, mm-hmm. people would have clapped during that or people would have made comments. Yep. And you miss that when you're sitting at home by yourself because you're making comments to thin air. Yeah. Yeah, I remember just when they she goes, "You're the Scarlet Witch," just be like, ah, 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 and then looking and going, ah. "It happened." Oh, no one's here. So I put a few mirrors up in the room. So I thought I someone else is around. I like to do that, but I uh, I get a dry erase marker and put like glasses and a mustache on some of them. Smart, so smart. Like, different no, people. Good. It's not just me staring at me. It's like me and the like Stephen B staring at me. No, that's good. Yeah, no, because I end up a lot of times staring in the mirror and then getting angry. Like, stop looking at me, Shane. So I should definitely put some glasses on there just to be like, that's not me. That's also- Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, during this episode, things I really liked from this, one was uh, Agatha like explaining different types of like spells that yep. Wanda's just been doing and like explain, like these are like, sk- and also getting to kind of learn again. We didn't really see it in a way too much in Doctor Strange, but like w- Agatha like really pressing, like I had to learn how to do this. Like there's rules, there's, like you don't you don't recognize any of these runes that say you can't do magic, which I'm kind of expecting will come and get up again. Yep. At the end of the uh the final, um, but I love seeing her like, in a way, kind of be pissed. Like, like I know how to do everything, and you're just feeling it out, just and calling out that she does the spells like miles away. You're just on back burner. Like, just oh yeah, and I'll control these people a couple blocks away. I think I thought it was a great episode because it, it gives you all of that information. I think it also pulls in Agatha a little bit into the situ- mm-hmm. situation. Hopefully, we see more of Catherine Hahn too. Yeah, uh, I'm. I don't think they will. Marvel has had a history of killing off villains in their first uh, appearance. I really hope they keep her around. But I don't think um, she's a villain. No, you're right because even it's funny because throughout this episode, she's like she's trying to figure out what Wanda's deal is. And at the end, she becomes essentially the antagonist in the final minutes. But throughout it, she's trying to help Wanda and be like, you gotta, like, the only way forward is to go back. And, like, her, be like, you gotta, like, look back at what everything that's happened so we can figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, so she's, like, her therapist throughout it. Uh, but let's kind of now, let's go into the, some of the flashbacks. The first one we get to see is Wanda's a child and how she got connected to sitcoms. It was something her family would watch to practice English. So interesting. Um, yep. And I just really like that, like, the Dick Van Dyke episode is hidden away. It's like, oh, we got to keep this one safe. It's like, that's right. You keep the Dick Van Dyke show safe. It's a, it's a legacy. Don't forget it. It's a classic. Uh, but then we also get to see it's the night that uh, Wanda loses her parents, and the Stark bomb is right in front of her. And it gets recontextualized as she did a probability hex on it. That's, and, she, and Wanda almost doesn't want to accept it when uh, Agnes is like, how long were you there for? And she's like, two days. It's like, two days. That's a while. And just to be sitting there, hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. Just and just to be sitting there, and then she yeah. Very good. I uh, just think, like, but you just think about like you think about because that's been canon of like yep. the story for so long, and you're just sitting there like, all right, like so that's different. Yeah, but it kind of in a way makes sense because with like it, I was when I thought of that, it got came to mind uh, in Iron Man two. Uh, Justin Hammer, like his tech doesn't always work. Like we see by Rhodey using like the bunker buster. Yep. Stark stuff always works. So it makes sense in a way. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't they go off? Like 
it should have like that's weird fate like it shouldn't have done that so it's like no what if it was like magic that's why stark tech didn't work that one time um true i like but, that theory yeah but that was a nice little flashback i also love the part where like pierto shows up and he's like screaming and agnes is just like we're right here like does he have to yell like what's going on which once again just great Catherine Hahn being hilarious uh, but then we move up to the next flashback, which is Wanda in the experiments with Hydra, where she supposedly had gained her powers. Yep. Um, this was a very, uh, I really liked, the, I think this is probably my favorite flashback out of all of them. Um, just because we get to see uh, Wanda experience a vision with the Flash Stone, or not the Flash, <laughs> with the Flash Stone uh, from DC uh, Comics, uh, with the Mind Stone, and see, we briefly get to see in it the Scarlet Witch in an attire through the Mind Stone, yet everyone else watched it. It was just a half-second little cut on the monitor. Yep. Which also then shows... Mo- uh, not Monica. So, wow. A lot of names in this uh, show. Uh, Wanda was the one who was editing the broadcast uh, throughout the series. We kept wondering, like, oh, is it is it Agnes? Is it Mephisto? It's like, no, it was Wanda just, like, showing what she wanted to show because she does it again with Hydra. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I've... Like, I keep saying it's interesting, but I thought it was really well done. And the Mind yep. Stone did throw me for a loop because I momentarily forgot the Scepter is the Mind Stone, not the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when it goes from, like, blue to yellow, I was like, that... Uh... And then I, like, Googled it and figured it out for myself because you have to mm-hmm. sometimes. Yep. Which, in a way, I've seen a lot of theories where people are saying that's probably why then her and Pietro uh, survived because Wanda had magical abilities and Pietro must have been a mutant of some kind okay. because they mentioned that no one else has survived. It's only the two of them. And it makes sense now knowing that Wanda's supposed to be a, a witch and have magical abilities. Like, okay, yeah, sure. That's why she survived. But it's like, then why did Pietro survive? Like he should have essentially been a normal person unless he had a different gene that made him diff- uh, be able to survive it. Um, but yeah, that, I like that. That also was like an eerie flashback. They, I feel like it sucked me back into that moment within the Marvel universe where, like, their world is changing and people are trying to adapt. So it's like, why don't we do experiments on people with space stuff? It's like, yeah. Let's do space experiments. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. With weird pseudo-Nazis with Hydra who blatantly speak on the microphone. But no one survived this. It's like, dude, turn the microphone off. She's about to... What are you doing with a hot mic right now? Dude, come on! Uh, Hit the do not worry, Miss Maximoff. Everything is fine. Touch the Mind Stone. It's okay. I, um, so I think that was like my... So story-wise, the last flashback with Vision is better, which we'll get to right now. Yep. I think like show-wise, the second one was my favorite mm-hmm. out of all three flashbacks. But yep. the last one, so they're back. If This is, I believe, post... Well, actually post Ultron's Vision there. Yep. Uh, probably post Civil War, actually. No, it's supposed to be right after Age of Ultron. Okay. Because Civil War, she would have left the compound and yada yada. But it's like right after uh, uh, Ultron. Wanda's watching Malcolm in the Middle. How? Which <laughs> that was a, a lot of people. I saw tons of complaints. They're like, we all want Brian Cranston in the MCU, but not like this. Please, just put him in it. Don't. Um, but yeah, it's a. This is a really good scene too. Uh, it's intense. Wanda, yep. But Wanda grieving over the loss of Pietro, trying to watching sitcoms and Vision enters um, and tries to console her. And she talks about how 
really like acknowledging her depression of just like, I feel like I keep getting knocked down. This wave is pushing over me and I just can't get up. And then Vision has like the line of the episode, which probably like, I think could be a like a line, just not only in Marvel cinematic universe that's remembered, but just like in TV and film, uh, which is what is grief, if not love persevering. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, that's so good. That's such a great line. Incredible writing. And also like when it comes from this, android person it's like oh wow uh yeah when he said that he I gets was, it yeah when that line came up i was like oh that's so that's great um yeah that was a really nice scene as well and he's wearing a, a cardigan oh man so good oh vision so yes. the the next flashback and i don't really consider a flashback i feel like it's more modern time yes is one to like storming into sword headquarters trying to recover vision's body but not really even well the, the thing is we learn it didn't play out how hayward expressed it to everyone else in the show that she stormed in and took the vision we learned through it that she was quite peaceful yeah she wanted to have a funeral for vision and we even see hey Haywood in a different light he's very nice to her he's trying to be understanding um, and we get to see Wanda see Vision's body being dismantled or torn apart. Um, and then, though we still get to know that Hayward or Haywood isn't that good of a guy because he's like, you can't just bring him back to life. And she's like, what? No, I, I can't do that. Um, gives him the yeah. idea. Gives her the idea, though. He, yeah. But we, we'll learn at by the end of the episode that that was what he was trying. Like he's like, oh, you can't do that secretly with his fingers crossed behind his back like oh, bring him back bring him back bring him back dude i dare you do it come on huh. i won't stop you um but wanda didn't leave with vision's body she left him there she essentially accepted what had happened and was like no it's right because it, hey would expresses to her being like i can't let you just take three billion dollars worth of vibranium and put it in the ground like yeah. that can't be that can't be allowed um which i liked in this scene even though we know he's a bad guy, like in up until you learn his actual ulterior motive, he seemed like a good, like a guy with reasons and trying to be sympathetic. Like, hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm really sorry about, but like, we can't do anything though. He keeps addressing the vision as just it. So it's once again, paints that he's like, doesn't care. But yeah. And then we learn, uh, why Westview? Why this town? Uh, and why was that scuba? Because of the plot of land he bought for her. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful thing, too. Yep. And he drew a heart, and it's so sad. For us to grow old in. Yep. But then that shows us the big thing. Then Wanda kind of just breaks down, lets it all out, and she creates the hex. She creates this false world, and she recreates vision. Purely out of um, willpower. Yes. Though here's the thing. When she's doing it, she's spewing her red magic everywhere. But when she creates the vision, it turns yellow and creates a new body for him. So I'm speculating that's like the bit of the Mind Stone power that she took when she touched it and was using that to recreate Vision. Because it's, why is it yellow? It's very specifically a bright yellow. Um, so that's like my one guess as to why. Um, but yeah, and then we, she creates this world and then she just kind of accepts it. She kind of just takes a step into it to be like, I'm just going to do this now. I'm going to live in this fantasy sitcom world. Yeah. This seems nicer. And then that essentially brings us back to the, the present. And she accepts, oh, I did all this. Like, this is all me. I got to work through my grief 
And then Agnes is very upset. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, she's working through the grief, but at the same time, like, I don't know if you get the, the, the wholesale privilege to trap a bunch of people in a, in a hex. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And then that's when Agnes kidnaps the boys, has them, uh, tied with some rope choking them out and it's just like you use chaos magic and you're the scarlet witch bum 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 smash cut two credits well that was yeah and then we get a mid-credit scene i do want to touch back on like agatha and the boys real quick yeah how did wanda not then realize that the boys are also things she created i think she just hasn't accepted it yet okay i think i think she's because it from so we see her see the end of the flashback to learn, okay, I created the hex. Agnes then just claps to be like, look at what you did. I understand it all now. And the next thing you know is she hears the boys like crying out for help and she runs and sees Agnes having them roped up. So yeah. I don't think she has the, the most, it'll probably be a big chunk or like the last thing in the final episode of her, like looking at the boys and just be like, wait, like, what are you two? Like, what do we do about this now? Oh, that's interesting. Because I have theories from the mid-credits what will happen with Vision. So may, may we go into the mid-credits scene? Dive on in, sir. All right. So in the mid-credits scene, we see that Haywood and Sword, they, they weren't actually trying to break down Vision's body. They were trying to rebuild him. Um, and now with some leftover magic from Wanda attacking their drone, they're able to power up a white Vision uh, who is now they're going to use as a weapon, which breaks the Sokovia Accords uh, immediately. <laughs> um, but my first thought, because they show it, how they showed it, it immediately made me think it, it's a low angle, but you see the white vision look at his hand, yep. and then it like goes back to him in his eyes. It's Ultron. I, you think? I, I, wanna, I feel so positive that it's going to be Ultron. Um, here are my reasons. One, we know from Age of Ultron that like a good chunk of Vision's body and brain is based off of Ultron because he uploaded it. Yep. Two, if you pull up the credits for WandaVision, it has been showing that James Spader is in it as Ultron. Though a lot of people are like, oh, maybe it's a flashback. Maybe it's just from like a previously on, like when they show a little snippet from Age of Ultron, you have to credit him. I just feel so positive that like, and just how he looked at the camera, I'm like, it's an evil robot. Like they want to use it for evil. Yeah. I'm just so sure that that's going to be Ultron. That like the first thing he says will be in James Spader's voice, and then Vision and Ultron will have to fight. That would and... be kind of cool. I'm I'm into that. I think it's gonna be like, yeah. I mean, if it if you get Randall Park and James Spader from The Office back in WandaVision, it's incredible. Yeah, I feel very confident about that. And then my theories as to what happens for Vision and White Vision by the end are either. Uh, Vision dies and White Vision lives on, but then the Ultron part is scrapped. They merge and then we just get cool Vision back. Or third option is they merge, but like it just has all the memories. It understands everything, but now it kind of goes back to a baseline like, oh, I'm not evil, but I'm Vision and I don't love you, Wanda, because I don't know you. Because that's what happens in the comics. He just gets like amnesia. No, he he's like destroyed. They try to build him back, but because he doesn't have like essentially his soul and like his love for Wanda, he has all the memories, but like he doesn't have the actual experience. Okay. He just becomes a cold calculated computer again. And he's just like, and there's a very, like they put it in a couple comic friends where he talks to Wanda and the boys and it's just like, yes, like I know all of you and I know I am your father, but I am not your father for he, I just have his memories. I'm not him. And like, he just leaves them. 
Interesting. So I think that, like one of those three, I think will be what will happen because we've seen now vision doesn't have a body. The, the white vision is his body. So his spirit has to go somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's Ultron. I, oh, I feel so... Con- I, I want it to be just because I want to throw my fists in the air during the episode and go... Like, I like God. the idea of it being Ultron. Yeah. Because also, Ultron in the comics comes back a lot. James Spader's a great guy to have on the show. He'll add a lot to it. But also, with the fi- in Age of Ultron, you don't actually see Vision destroy that final bot. You just see from a far angle, like a big bright light which I always kind of thought, like, what if he just, like, reintegrated him? Like, what if he's like, oh, I won't kill, like, because Vision's on the side of life. Yeah. So part of me is like, get on in just... here. Yeah, he probably was like, I can, like, keep him locked up dormant in my body. I'm here. And then, yeah. Ugh, I hope it is. I'd love to see a little switch of the accent. Like, they're rebuilding Vision to turn to White Vision and Hayward, like, flips the accent. They'll switch of, like, oh, like, Jar- Jarvis Ultron. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm but, I'm excited. I'm sad it's the season finale or series finale. Yep, because also it's been confirmed there isn't that secret tenth episode. Fuckers! Yeah, I know. What's oh, I can't believe they're only giving us nine episodes of high quality television during a pandemic. Ugh. God. Yeah, but the, I'm just so. I I hope it's it's supposedly only like fifty minutes long. I really hope it's longer because I, I just don't know how they can tie it like. It's going to have everything. to move, right? Like, that's what it's, I feel well, like. It's definitely just going to pick up right from the very end where it's Agnes holding the boys and Wanda's about to attack. Um, like, it, if anything, it'll maybe start on the outside of the hex. And yeah. we'll hopefully see Jimmy Woo. Well, didn't get to see any Jimmy in the entire episode. I need uh, more Jimmy. Need more Jimmy. I, I, I keep seeing a meme going around from Agnes's line where it's just like, you thought you were the only magical one in town, but they just put Jimmy Woo in it instead. It's like, ah, it's close-up magic tricks. Yeah, but I just, I just want some more Jimmy Woo. But, yeah, this final episode's going to move. Uh, still think Doctor Strange might show up as well. Well, there is still that character that's, like, the big reveal that hasn't happened yet. So, I kind of still believe that that is James Spader's Ultron. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because, mm-hmm. like, it's the, un, it's the, un, I don't know, it's the unexpected one. Because I think Doctor Strange's been pushed so much. There was even talk in the beginning of like somehow Captain America's involved, but I highly doubt it. No, um, I don't think it's uh, James Spader because Paul Bettany has said multiple times the big cameo is someone that he hasn't worked with before, and he oh. did work with James on Age of Ultron. But some people have been speculating that he was kind of pulling our leg, and the person he hasn't worked with is himself because he'll play Vision in the White Vision. Interesting, but, but I I don't think it will be that simply because it kind of feels like. I don't think him and Marvel would be like, let's really like get people hyped up. Just let's for fuck it. with like, their heads. Exactly. Like, I don't think they would do that because I think they know like uh, a lot of people would be upset if like for two months keep being like, no, there's someone like, oh, it's going to be great. We've never worked with them. This is going to be a huge cameo. You're not going to expect it. And it's like, I don't think I expected throughout the season White Vision would show up, but like I wasn't also like, it'll be him playing against himself. It's like, no, that's not what you think. Like, Robert De Niro showing up, I would have been like, what the f- What? Who are you? Hey, uh, I'm the Irishman. I, uh, I can't do a really good Robert De Niro. It's not really my forte. I don't even know what they would do if that was the case. I can do an Al Pacino. Okay. Hoo-ah! Okay. Hoo-ah! 
So it's like an older Pacino. It's definitely not like Scarface Pacino. I'm doing like Heat Pacino. I've never seen Heat. You've never seen Heat? Oh, no. Because the second half of my impression of uh, Al Pacino relies on like a line from Heat. Go, I mean, um, go for it. But In the scene, Al Pacino plays like a, a detective and he's interrogating this guy. And it's a guy who's like cheating on one of the bank robbers, his girl. And he's like, and Al Pacino's like, no, I get it. Yeah, you went after her. Why? Because she's got a fat ass. Hoo So, like, that's my impression. Yeah. Great job. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. I work really, I, I can assure you, I walk around my apartment a lot just doing hoo fat ass. hoo I respect it. I don't do that, but I understand. I hope you start doing it. I hope now, subtly, you just are in the back of your head, like, I'll watch the movie tomorrow. Oh, you should really watch Heat. It's great. Did they come out with the second one? Or is Keanu Reeves in these movies? No, that's Speed. You're thinking of Speed and then Speed 2. Okay, so I've got um, my Speed, my, my, heat and, my Heat and my Speed mixed yes. up. Yes. There is also The Heat with Sandra Bullock and Melissa, Melissa McCarthy that takes place in Boston. Um, Wait, can I, but, I continue? Sorry. No, I was going to say, please ask your question. No, no, I have something to steam on when we're done with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, watch Heat. It's it's very in a way it's similar to that of The Dark Knight, which Christopher Nolan said he took inspiration from Heat. In The Dark Knight, it's like the tone and the pacing. Okay, like be, it's it's a, it's a slow burn of a movie, but there's great like bits and pieces throughout. I hope that it helps you. I will watch it. Yeah, immediately. It's a, and, and also once you watch it, you'll go. I feel like I've seen this movie so many times because so many other movies that are bank heist movies or just cops and robbers stuff is based off of heat and okay. tries to take inspiration so also try and get understand like this is the blueprint of all those movies it's not that it's copying like i feel like i watched this movie with paul walker and hayden christensen before it's like yes because they took inspiration from heat anyway Hoo-ah! excellent um yeah. so i watched a movie this weekend it came very close to me texting you to make it like our movie of the week but I didn't because I respect you as a person and as a movie <laughs> fan. Um, I watched Super Intelligence with Melissa McCarthy and, and Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bobby. Mm-hmm. This is on HBO Max, correct? Yep, HBO Max. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And if I'm not, I have not seen this. Okay. But if I'm not mistaken, it's like Melissa McCarthy just becomes the smartest person on earth. Is that like what it is? No, no, no. It's it's so much better than that, Shane. Let me okay. let me let me fill you in, um, please. So it's based in Seattle. This yep, is important because okay. technology okay. companies come into play. Uh, she okay. used to work for, I believe, Yahoo. Okay. Um, she wanted to do something more fulfilling with her life, whatever. And then someone calls her the most normal person in the world. And then this uh, AI super intelligence, mm-hmm. notice the name, movie, character combo, comes into play <laughs> where it watches her through like, her phone camera. This is a comedy, by the way. So I'm not like, watching yeah. not, like the right word, but it like, realized that Melissa McCarthy is like, the perfect human to like try to understand humanity from mm-hmm. and then zany hijinks ensue not really the super intelligence is like yo i'm gonna destroy humanity or help okay. humanity and you have the wonderful opportunity to teach me why humans deserve to live and it was like well, what would you do if you wanted to like do that and she's like oh i want to get back together with my ex-husband george or ex-boyfriend george and then all of a sudden it's like the ai helping her all along the way to get her to like be back there with George, but then George is going to Scotland. This is so many spoilers. I'm so sorry. I'm just oh, ranting. Oh, I don't. I don't care. Um, and then finally they like get back together, kind of. But along the way, there's like this undercurrent of like she goes to see um, her friend who works at Microsoft, 
who's like you works in artificial intelligence to tell him about this. Yep. And everyone's like, no, 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 it's impossible. Whatever, like, don't. And then they'll believe it. So he then goes to the government, and the government's involved because it's like we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna mm-hmm. create Naturally. this this zany plan to shut down electro like electricity and the internet from China to the United States, like all across the world, and force it to live on the server uh-huh. in Seattle. Okay. And uh, the zany hijinks continue, and it never even the plan never even really happens or works. There's no like resilience time to save <sighs> the, the super intelligence. It's more like the AI realizes what love is. And then disappears into the night. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. Welcome to... It was like a 75-second movie from Steven. Wow. That sounded so... Movie. Yeah, it sounds like someone put, like, 2020 into a blender and it spat out this movie. Wow. And James Corden's the voice of the super intelligence for anyone who cares. Uh... Yeah. No, you know Melissa McCarthy will be the new Thor? That's cool. She's yeah, a great she, actress. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's going to be playing Hela in, like, the fake stage play that they did in Ragnarok. They're doing another one for Thor 4. That's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some topical news for you. I just, um, I don't, like, yeah. I don't know how, like, why. Uh, this movie's not great. But no, it, also, it also feels like a pandemic movie. Yeah. Which is the worst part. Yeah. But, you know, it's not the worst part. Uh, this this podcast, the Shane and Scuba Steve Show. Please subscribe and like it. Wait, do you want to know when this movie was filmed? Uh, it was filmed January twenty eighth, twenty twenty. So it was filmed in August of twenty eighteen. It wrapped filming. Oh wow! Oh wow! It sat for a while. Uh, and then it was supposed to come out in on Christmas Eve in twenty nineteen, and then it was moved to twenty nineteen again, and then finally digitally released in November. Of 2019 or 2020? Okay, so I'm Can trying be, to figure this out. It must have been 2020. It was released on HBO Max. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out when it actually released. Oh, because it did... Oh, no, hold up. It did come out in November 26, 2020. But I don't know if that's the... That, oh, that is okay. the HBO Max. Okay, so yeah, apparently, whatever. <laughs> apparently, it sat for a while. Yeah, it definitely sat for a while. And it came out in... Or it came out to $745,000 from five countries in its opening weekend. That's great. James Corden. Everyone loves him. He's yeah, great. Yeah. So carpool good. karaoke. Yeah. Oh, they do carpool, carpool karaoke in the movie, in case you were wondering. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What that little aside? So anyway, I give WandaVision episode 8, 9 out of 10 flashbacks. Okay, I'm going to give it... Oh, see, 9 out of 10 is good. I'm going to have to give it, like, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 11. Um... Ooh, bombs that don't go off. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we got some extra stuff on the rundown. You want to run through it or you want to leave it for next week? Because we're come, we're nearing the end of our, oh, our yeah. podcast time. We are. Do you want to uh, do you want to jump to item E on the rundown? We can talk about <laughs> item D next week. Yeah, we can do that. D will stick around. <laughs> the D's always there, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> nudge, 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 nudge. Uh, but the last thing on our rundown today, this is definitely something that uh, I know I'm probably far more excited for than you uh but nickelodeon announced that they're going to be making avatar studios which will be run by brian and mike the creators of avatar to produce more movies and cartoons of the avatar universe um i'm super stoked because i love avatar last airbender it's one of my favorite shows out there legend of Korra is is wonderful as well uh the netflix show has already gotten a very rocky start and has had some bad news coming out of it 
and the creators left that production because they're like, yeah, we don't want to be a part of this. And now that they're getting their own studio to do what they want, fantastic. This is, I feel like, the smartest move Nickelodeon's made in a long time. As you know, I don't, I'm not super familiar with the Avatar universe, but I think anyone mm-hmm. getting their own studio to kind of make their ideas come to fruition, more power to them. Yeah. I think mean, it's awesome. Yeah. When I saw this, I was like, oh, this is great. The one downside is this is definitely Nickelodeon being like, how can we have like a Marvel or Star Wars thing? And them being like, oh, people like Avatar. Why don't we just expand it? But I think the one solid thing is that the creators of the show are the ones running the studio. So it's not like they're like, Nickelodeon's opening the studio and they're going to just make all these things and the creators aren't involved. So now they'll just flood the market with Avatar babies and Avatar in space. Uh." This, I'm like, in space. (laughs) Avatar in space. Um, But Brian and Mike, the creators, they are running this. I'm just so excited because, yeah, the live action Netflix show wasn't very interesting when they left it became less interesting and like the big news thing that came out recently that kind of got people upset is they're changing the ages of some of the characters but that just completely messes up the whole story and the characters arcs and who they are within the story that's also weird whenever a show does that yeah because what they're doing in the show Sokka is 16 his sister Katara is 14 and Aang is 12 they're flipping Sokka and Katara and making her the older sister and him the younger brother it's like interesting. One people don't like it because it's like, oh, why are you making her like they? Everyone just feels they're making her a sixteen-year-old girl so they can put her in like, oh, we can. Ew, she's a sixteen-year-old girl with things now, but it ruins like the character of Sokka, like just because he's supposed to be the older brother of the entire group. He's yep. supposed to be the elder that leads everybody, but now if you just make him the younger brother, then it just becomes like, oh, why are we listening to him? And also Katara's character, she's a younger sibling, but, become, but becomes the mother of her group of friends and within her family. So it's like. If you change it to just make her the older sibling, it's just like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's not her stepping up. It's her essentially just doing what she's supposed to do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just more excited for the now Avatar Studios. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be, it'll be a good thing for the property. Yeah. So, I wanted to talk yeah. about that. No, I feel you. We uh, did get to the Golden Globes. Yeah. Which, frankly, it's award show season, but I forgot it was happening because it's a pandemic mm-hmm. and there are bigger things on my mind than Amy Poehler and Tina Fey doing a bit. Yeah. But uh, Shane, you have an upcoming show. You want to tell the people where they can uh, get tickets? Well, I do have an upcoming show. I'm going to be at Mohegan Sun on uh, April 8th. It's a Thursday, 9.30 at Comics Roadhouse uh, uh, Club and Bar. I highly recommend you go check it out. You can get tickets online uh, through Mohegan Sun or at ComicRoadhouse.com. Uh, Just check it out. Go to the calendar. Find the April 8th. should be uh, uh, listed. If not, hey, it'll be up there any day. So once again, keep checking. Uh but please, you know, buy the tickets in advance. It helps everyone in the show, everyone at the club. Uh, means a lot. Uh, I mean, why not go to a show uh, on a Thursday? It's not listed yet to get tickets, so don't go on the site. Uh, but still, hey, everybody, come on. Come on. And we'll, uh, that once the tickets are available, the link will be in our bio and on Instagram as well. You can find tickets there. Yes. And you can find us in a boatload of other places. Like, hey. hey, I did it again. Uh, uh, the Shane and Scuba Steve Show dot com. You can find us on Instagram at Shane and Scuba Steve Show. You can also find us at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're there, subscribe, like us, give us five stars, write a review. We'd appreciate it. Reviews are nice. They're, Reviews are tight. Yes. Uh, so please do that for us and we'll keep making more stuff for you. 
Yeah. Excellent. Well, have a great week.